This is State of Sports, Utah, with your hosts, Jake Luchler and Jason Stowell. Hey, hey, and welcome everybody to the State of Sports, Utah podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Jake, and I'm here with Jason Stowell. Hey, guys. <laughs> All right, back again. See, I told you we could be a little bit more consistent. Surprise. Yep. All right. <laughs> 2022 is off to a very great start. So, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yep. So, Jason, why don't we just jump right in and let's talk about the last two weeks, right? So, obviously, week one and week two. Uh, for, now, you and I have had a slightly different experience, not all too d- dissimilar, but uh, different nonetheless. Uh, so for, for the University of Utah Utes, uh, they had a, a week one that had a bit of a disappointment down in, down in Gainesville. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they, they came up short, a couple, you know, a little bit of a slow start, which I'll admit was my uh, biggest fear I, I guess you could say my biggest worry is i guess more what more accurately uh but they swung back but they came back swinging uh against a uh against an fcs opponent uh southern utah uh with the fourth highest uh scoring game in in school history uh and the highest since 1973 which was about 49 years ago Lots of points. <laughs> yes, lots of points. 38 points in the second quarter. Uh, and almost half of the points, total points, scored by the second and third strings, which was very uh, reassuring. Um, ultimately, I'm feeling pretty good. I know there's quite a few Utah fans that are very disappointed. And don't get me wrong, I definitely am. I definitely am disappointed at the loss of Florida. But Ultimately, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like, uh, you know, if there was a time to, uh, if you had to lose to Florida, uh, the you know the preceding three weeks that we have currently uh, is a very great uh, stretch in order to you know tighten tighten up all the loose ends and really kind of fine tune any issues that may be there. Uh, you know that that stretch being Southern Utah, and of course, what the uh, two predictions we'll be making uh, with uh, San Diego State and uh, ASU. Uh, but ulti- like I said, I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm feeling pretty good. All the goals are still obtainable. Uh, Pac-12 Conference Championship is still totally winnable. Uh, you know, Rose Bowl totally an option, which was my prediction anyway. I I, I predicted we would. Get- he would come up short on the CFP, uh, but uh, even if we don't, uh, you know the CFP is still not out, totally out of the question. After all, there were a lot of upsets and a lot of really close upsets this uh, you know in the past two weeks, and so with, with all the shakeups, Utah is still definitely in the running, and I'm happy about where we are and very confident in the future. Yeah, no, I th- I'm right on par with you. I think. The Florida loss, you know, if that's a late season loss, it's tough to, recover. you know, recover. Yeah. Um, even bleed it, even though it's not an, a conference game, kind of the residual effect of that loss bleeding into the rest of, you know, your conference oh, schedule yeah. would be, 
would be bad. I should apologize to everybody too. We were at the Baylor game and if if you ever go to a game with me, I go 100% the whole game. So my voice is totally, totally Oh yeah, shot. I guess we uh we we post we posted about it all over our social media accounts, but we definitely didn't we haven't brought it up. So Jason and I actually got the opportunity to attend uh both both the Utah and the BYU game together uh, all, you know, this last weekend. And honestly, it, it, it was a really great time. It was a lot of football. It was a lot of uh, in-person football. And it was definitely two very different experiences. Utah playing a very non-competition game and just running up the <laughs> score. And BYU in a, in a dead heat for pretty much up till the very last second. You know, it did go into double overtime and uh, both wins, so that was not embarrassing for either of us. And uh, it was a got a little got a little sun at the Utah game. <laughs> yep, yep, got a little sun since it was an earlier game. And yeah, Jake got things. his cougar tail. Yep, the whole reason I went right there. <laughs> and the nachos, we discovered these like crazy. What did they have in them? Uh, sweet pork, uh, tomatoes, uh, black beans, a whole lot of cheese, and I mean a whole. They did not skimp. This huge bowl oh, yeah. of these huge awesome bowl. nachos at the BYU oh, yeah. game. So first half, it. cougar tail. Second half, nachos. Jake oh, was yeah. in heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely made being surrounded by the Sea of Blue a whole lot more tolerable. That was an interesting <laughs> experience. Like, I don't know, going behind enemy lines, right? For, yeah. Like, Jake has come to a, to a couple because his grandpa has... Uh, has or had season tickets, and so we've gone to you know a few games with them. But it so never it was, wear blue when I go. By yeah, the way. it's just I'm not a just, traitor. We're neutral, neutral colors. We're not gonna be those guys that are like, you know, really trying to create a scene and like yep. in your face with with our teams, right? That's yeah. just that's a little obnoxious, personally. But neutral colors, um, but. It was it was funny going into like the Utah Stadium and just being surrounded by like all of this you know red all of these Utah fans. I was like, I turned, I literally, I turned to Jake. I was like, ah, wow. <laughs> so this is what it's like. Yep. Just like kind of kind of intimidating. It was it was fun. It was oh yeah, funny. it was a blast. So Jason, why don't you tell us how you're feeling about about BYU so far in the last yeah, two weeks? Yeah, so I you know came came right out of the gate after a like a three-hour delay with the weather and yeah. just smack the crap out of South Florida. I mean, from from the get-go, um, it was funny. Their students, or their, yeah, their students were like, you know, all hyped and their, their uh, players like in the locker room during the rain delay were like, they got brought in like a DJ. They were having this like rave in the locker room they were all hyped and all this stuff just to come out and get smacked like 28 zip in the first quarter it was it was it was awesome and then put it into cruise control and you know got a got a healthy 50 to 21 victory um and then you did lose uh puka nakua in in that game in like the second quarter he got rolled up on on his ankle um and him and Gunnar Romney were were ruled out for the Baylor game, and so it was definitely some concern going into that game. You know, with the with the passing game, um, and I I actually I thought that game was going to be really decided, kind of in the trenches, 
and in a manner of speaking, it was. So, uh, you know, BYU got the victory in double overtime, 26-20. to 20. Um, Jake Oldroyd had two opportunities at the end of regulation and then in the first overtime um, to, to knock in a, a game winner. Field goal, but ultimately... Yeah, missing the- two field goals to win the game. That's That's rough. It is, and I feel bad for Jake because he's a good guy. Uh, he's been with the you know the team for quite a long time, and and he's made so many you know big time game winning kicks for us. Um, so it, w- it was it was tough to see him, um, you know, both as a fan to see him miss those, but you know, just also as a as a person, he really is a good dude. So, uh, but defense held strong. Offense got the touchdown in second overtime, and. He got the win. So um, ultimately, that game was for BYU. They weren't going to lose the game at the uh, line of scrimmage, which they did last season, really. Both sides, offense and defensive line, kind of got pushed around, and it cost us the game. And and I think you saw Baylor really try to... Um, to come out and pound the ball and 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 really try and establish the run game just like they did last season. Um, they ran for th- over 300 yards last the last time we played, um, but it was a very different story. You know this 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 time around, our offensive line um, in the run game didn't go crazy like like I kind of figured they wouldn't. Baylor's one of the best defensive lines in the country. But our own defensive line stepped up to the challenge and really it was it came down to to the passing game for both teams, which kind of caught me off guard um and and was what won the game um for BYU. So that kind of leads into our week one and week two standout players in, in our next section here. So yeah. For me, um, right right off the bat, uh, I gotta mention the D line. Um, they've really stepped up this season. I think they <laughs> the defense in general had a lot of criticism last season, um, but USF had um, twenty seven carries for a hundred and seven yards, so just a four four yard average, um, and then the Baylor game really the defensive line really came to play uh 52 carries for Baylor like I said they really wanted to run the ball and they had a 2.9 average yard per carry just really really struggled to establish and and dominate the run game that is a ton of carries that is a ton of ton of carries um and then of course uh four sacks against Baylor for the defensive line and six total tackles for loss um, for BYU. So defensive line has played great. Uh, alongside the defensive line, I've loved our linebackers, Keenan Peely and Max Tooley. It's so nice to have both of those guys back and healthy, um, but Tooley has really, really stood out uh, this season, these first two games, 18 tackles, uh, 11 of those solo. And then, of course, he had the jumped the route and had the pick six 
um, against USF, and so he's just played uh, phenomenally, phenomenally, and has had some <laughs> big time, big time hits. Yeah. Um, and then in in the passing game, like I mentioned, with Puka and uh, Romney both out, somebody's needed to step up in the receiving game. BYU, BYU really needed someone to establish themselves um, as kind of that go-to option without those guys there and that was chase roberts he's had 11 receptions for 163 yards um eight of those receptions came against uh baylor um he has the just the one touchdown um but it was a 37 yard long kind of corner bomb at the end of the uh, at the end of the half and he was huge for BYU and moving down the field, you know, and getting into these scoring positions. So you had Lopini get in, and um, it 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 proved really vital for BYU to have Chase Roberts step up in a big way as a freshman and and haul in um, some big time catches and and get that offense down the field and in position to win games. Yeah. And uh, and on Utah, there were definitely some uh, on Utah side. My standout players, I guess you could say, they're less of the uh, uh, you know the hot the the guys with the high stats, more just the ones that I I'm seeing a lot of uh, potential going forward. Uh, one one of which is, came as a big surprise, and I really didn't. I ca- I counted this guy out, and I'm pretty sure a lot of Utah fans did too. That is Chris Curry, the running our running back, and uh, Chris Curry. Had, he was a he was a transfer uh, from LSU, and when he first transferred in, there was a lot of there was some hype around that. You know, he was part of the uh, 2019 championship team, so he does have a national championship ring somewhere in his drawer, uh, and everyone was a lot, really excited about him. But you know, as the season progressed, you know, Tavion and Bernard and and Pledger all kind of uh, stood out, and Chris Curry was very much a non-factor in the 21 season, but this. In the last two games, his n- name has been called yeah, a whole lot, uh, probably more than the entire last season combined. And he's had some good success. He got his first touchdown last week as a Ute, and that's awesome. Uh, he did manage to get about 73 rushing yards, which isn't a lot for a total of two games. But I'm, again, that's more than his entire stat list com- of the entire last year's season. I can tell he's he's one of those players where uh, you know he's he's on the precipice of a breakout, and I'm very excited for him. Uh, I, and I'll admit that I was totally wrong. Honestly, I think he's a lot more talented than I gave him credit for. Uh, another guy that's ready to break out uh, is Money Parks, and I think that's not a secret among Utah fans. He's a uh, one of our right one of our wide receivers, and he just seems uh, he's gotten only 75. Uh, yards and no touchdowns, but he's his catches have been just sort of you know those r- right place, right time, just perfect placement when you really need uh, some guy to make make a clutch catch. Money Parks has been one of those guys to really step up, and I can tell he is along with a, 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 plenty of the wide receivers, uh, but he among them is definitely ready for a breakout, and I can't wait. I'm pretty confident that he's going to get one. Uh, one guy that he's already. Uh, broken out, and he's currently our actually top receiver, even though he's a tight end. That would be Dalton Kincaid. Uh, you know, 
Dalton and Brant's Keithy are just awesome. They're, they are, in my opinion, the top tight end duo in the entire country. I'll hear a debate for Georgia and their, and their tight ends, but in my opinion, they're one of the best. And Dalton, he definitely has, again, that just clutch ability to get open and get open really big and make some really good plays. Uh, and on the defensive side, a guy that really uh, stood out to me is uh, RJ Hubert. Uh, now, he, he's a guy that uh, you just love to see him succeeding so far. And it's just because uh, he's one of our guys that's been plagued with a lot of injuries. Uh, in fact, you know, his, him getting injured was kind of the start of our uh, of our secondary you know, rooms getting just totally depleted by the end of last year. I believe it was the BYU game, actually, where he got hurt and was out for the rest of the season. So it's been pretty much an entire year since he's been able to, you know, get some live reps. And he just seems to be doing a really great job, as far as I can tell. You know, he's gotten, he got, uh, you know, uh, five solo tackles in, against Florida. And that, and that was pretty good, especially, you know, it was your first uh, game in almost a year. And uh, like I said, not a huge stat carrier so far, but. Like I said, these are just kind of standouts. I kind of went in a different direction than Jason did. Uh, but, you know, uh, for me, these are the guys that are just, you know, they're ready for some serious breakouts. And I'm honestly very excited for the for the seasons uh, going ahead with them. Uh, now, up next, uh, we actually have something that's really fun. When we've never quite had it before, we actually have a question from one of our listeners. And if you would like to uh, submit a question, please feel free to do so on our YouTube uh, our YouTube page, uh, which is, you know, State of Sports Utah. Um, and this is from a guy who just had the tagline of John Lewis. Uh, thank you, John, for commenting. Uh, and he said, uh, if you could unlock God mode and put uh, and create a new super conference, what teams would you put in that conference? So I'm assuming this is for our respected teams. Like what conference teammate or conference mates would we choose for our ourselves our team yeah i, I think that's implied and when i because so for those who may not know god mode I, at least i'm interpreting that is you know no restrictions you have total control you know yeah whoever geography money it you know commitment contracts it does not matter we're just drawing the map and whatever we say happens right uh, so for me, I went with a conference that I named the Power West Conference. You know, with the with the God mode, obviously all restrictions are taken off from me. But I decided to put some in just for my own amusement and just from what, like, yeah, it's not a plausible scenario, but it's like, I don't know. This is just the restrictions I sort of put on myself for the fun of it. And, you know, so uh, for me, it was um, I wanted to pick from a lot of different conferences. I wanted to pick some good, some really good teams. I wanted to pick some maybe lower end teams because, you know, every good conference has to have a Vanderbilt, a Rutgers, a Kansas. You know, you, you, you can't all you can't just have Georgia and Ohio States. You know, you, you got to have some some highs, but you got to also. Have and some let lows. me say, seeing Jake's list totally influenced mine because, I mean, this this conference is like it. It's like. It's basically what I would want. So I would say I will preface it, Jake's conference by saying ditto because it looks a lot of fun. So for the sake of diversity, I've gone a different direction as well. Okay, awesome. Uh, but anyway, oh, and I wanted to make sure that all the teams were west of the Mississippi because remember, I'm calling it the Power West Conference. 
And so that, that that's those are the restrictions I put on myself. I wanted kind of a mixture of, you know, from conferences and skill level and west of the Mississippi, right? Uh, so I, I made a 16-team conference, uh, and I went with uh, six pods of three. Uh, so I have Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and this one's going to be a little controversial, uh, USC, San Diego State, and Arizona. Uh, then I have Utah, BYU, and Air Force. I have Iowa, Iowa State, Minnesota. Then I have Baylor, Texas, Texas A&M. And finally, to round it out, I have Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. Uh, like I said, really good mix there. Uh, I know breaking up a lot of the California schools, not taking UCLA with USC, not taking Arizona State with Arizona, uh, yeah, it's just how I'm doing it. And, uh, honestly, my, my favorite addition is actually Air Force. Uh, it, I know that's kind of a weird one. It's kind of left field, but honestly, I like Air Force. I think they're a fun team to play. There's not really a team re- that's out there that's really like them. They're kind of their own entity. So, yeah. Nice. That's my conference. Do that. Power West. It's, it's, it would be fun. It would be oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. And I it mean, would be a contender. It would be a oh, contending yeah. conference. This would be a power conference. Yeah, big time. Big time. Well, like I said, I mean, I, I, how can you compete with that that submission? It's so good. Um, so, I mean, I went, I went somewhat. I tried to stay somewhat realistic, um, and and ultimately, this is what I would like to see happen for the new Big Twelve, right? So, keeping. If you're going to have three power conferences, I I would love to see the current new Big 12, right? So uh, Baylor, Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma State, uh, TCU. Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, BYU. Uh, West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia, Iowa State. There you go. That's Kansas, Kansas that's State. That's the full... There you go. Um, and then I would love to see um, the four corner schools. So Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado. I think it just brings this really, it, it really brings a good kind of, um, I don't know, uniform, like a uniformity to the culture of the schools, if that makes sense. Like very similar political backgrounds, largely. Um, you would have some some pretty great uniform combinations, of course, um, amongst all of those teams, of course. Um, but I just I've just really embraced this new Big Twelve a ton. I I really do think that Utah would fit in with these schools great i think it would be awesome to have um again the holy war rivalries uh kind of that back um in in a conference scenario uh, it's just the funnest it's the best um and then i brought in i i've said nebraska and Pitt. Oh, so you're bringing in yeah, Pitt. that's the Pitt in, uh, in west virginia that's a pretty famous so rivalry as well Yep, you're bringing in the backyard brawl. Yep. Uh, you've got Nebraska and Colorado, the you know the two old, old school Big Twelve teams, yep. um, kind of returning to the conference. Um, and putting Pitt in there don't would really have, help. Yeah, 
you know, kind of the eastern side geography-wise. Yes, exactly. Spread spread the teams, yeah. raid the ACC a little bit. So I don't know. I just I just ultimately with with college football, it really has driven me nuts that you have these schools that view themselves as higher or so much better than everybody else. You know, whether that's Oregon or Washington, and I'm not just like you have fans that think they're better, right? Yeah. But this is fans. This is university level. You know, athletic depart like athletic directors, coaches. Like this is a culture of we're quote unquote better than the rest of you, right? So like Texas and Oklahoma viewed themselves on this pedestal, right? And Texas is going to get smacked in the SEC. They just are. They're going to get smacked. Um, USC and UCLA, who can't even get fans to show up for games, can't even get 10,000 fans to show up to to a stinking home game for the very first home game of the season. Like, they view themselves so much higher, you know, than than everybody else. And, And that's something that I've loved about this new Big 12. There's not that one school that's like, yeah, we are the shiz you know that that really (laughs) is really toxic and tries to just dominate any sort of conversation about what's best for the conference and so i feel like these schools including the new big 12 would be a lot of fun to see and i think there would be you would really see a conference that was united that wanted to build and strengthen like each other and and rivalries in a in a roundabout way actually do that actually oh, strengthen totally. each other you know oh yeah so and, that'd just just be kind of fun. oh definitely and honestly this was a really fun question I'm so glad we got this comment hey uh, so I'm just gonna plug it in again hey if you have a question that you'd like to ask us and have us discuss here in our podcast feel free to do so and we'll try our best to incorporate do it yep do it just. Yes, thank you. Call back to Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Um, so let's let's jump into our uh, our last segment here. You know, uh, what are what are our predictions going to be for the next two weeks, week three um, and week four? So I'll go first. Uh, week three, you've got BYU at Oregon, and then SDSU. At Utah, a little revenge game incoming. Oh, so yes. I'm going to say I think they'll be pretty similar. It's so hard to gauge with with Oregon, right? Because it's like like they got smacked, booty smacked by, by a, a Georgia. And so I have no idea, you know, where they're where they're gonna be, but I feel pretty confident that um, BYU's run game is gonna get, you know, better established than it did against Baylor. Oregon's defensive line is not as good as Baylor, um, and and I think if you get either Puka or Romney or both back, I think it's a two touchdown win. So my score may be off. I said thirty five twenty one. Um, it may be lower than that, you know, ultimately, but I think it's a two touchdown win for, for BYU. I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised with, 
not having to run against a defensive line like Baylor's. And then SDSU, uh, Utah, I think it's also hard to tell with Utah, right? Because like, like it was such a physical close game in the swamp. And then Utah just like puts up 73 points against SUU and SDSU did not look good against um, Arizona. They just, they just really did not. So, I said, I said thirty-eight seventeen. Yeah, could be a bit higher than that, but we'll see. Um, and then week week two, you mean you've four. got Utah at or sorry, <laughs> yes, <laughs> week four. Uh, you've got Utah at Arizona State, and then Wyoming uh, comes into Provo for the last little hurrah of independence and being done with Mountain West schools for the rest of eternity. Um, and so I have uh, I have Utah. I'm going to switch these scores, actually. I think I mix those up. So, sorry. Aztecs at Utah, 41-14. Revenge game. I think Utah has a lot of motivation to, to just okay. beat up the I'll Aztecs. I'll take that. I'll take that all day. And then I think Utah at ASU is similarly high scoring. I think it's largely a blowout, 38-17 hmm. Utah at ASU. Wow. ASU, okay. I don't think it's going to be very good this year. Um, and then Wyoming at BYU, I think it's. I think that is also a beat down. Uh, 52-17, we watched Wyoming, and I didn't. I wasn't particularly impressed. I mean, they're Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. If we lose, we'll, we'll just pretend that didn't happen. But man, yeah, I think I think uh, similarly to South Florida, BYU handles that game. Yeah. Well, my predictions are are fairly similar similar in some places, but with some key differences. So uh, I do have uh, BYU and Utah winning, you know, all four games here, but. I think, uh, with, okay, so with Oregon, I think it's going to be a lot closer, and here's why. Um, coming from a team that had a, you know, coming from a fan of a team that had a lot of hype in the preseason, and then to, you know, go uh, first week and just and lose, and then lose a lot of that, you know, national talk about yourself, uh, you know, especially Oregon, where they got just clobbered, and I mean, just beat down to a pulp. I mean, embarrassingly so. Um, I, I think they're going to be on the hunt, and they're going to be looking to prove themselves. And number twelve, B- BYU, coming into coming into Eugene, I, which is a pay game, by the way. Yeah, for BYU. Yeah, it's a pay game. Yeah, but I mean, like that—that that is a great opportunity for them to to be like, no, no, no. We are as good as as y'all thought we were in the beginning. We deserve to be still be in the conversation, and so I think it's going to be maybe not so high scoring. I I said uh, twenty seven to twenty four. I ultimately I think it's going to come down to you know one score. I think probably less than a touchdown. I said a field goal, obviously, and that's really more than like the actual score. That's really what I think is going to happen. It's going to come down, you know, very similar to the Baylor game. Maybe not overtime, but you know, in the last couple minutes, you know, a, a quick score to gain the lead, and there you go. You know, that seals the deal. I will say too, uh, and I just saw this today. Uh, their starting linebacker, uh, Justin Flo, and their starting offensive tackle, Stephen Jones, were both 
absent today from practice. Mm. No word if it's injuries or, or what. Yeah. So they could be – they're already thin because they lost a lot to the transfer portal. Yes, they did. And so to to have those as well, I just – I don't know. I, I again, like... I, I'm not. I, again, I do think BYU will win. I just think these got Ducks are going to be angry and have it. Yeah. And uh, going up at any point in the season is going to be very difficult. Going into Eugene, it's one of the more difficult places to play in the Pac-12 for sure. So. Yeah, and that's if you can get if you can get a lead early. Yes. And well, that's going to help. Put them out. You know, put the fans out of it. Put the team out of it early. Mm-hmm. I think you're looking at two scores. If it's yeah, if you let them, if you let them stay close, yeah. then it's going to be. Close oh, exactly. And that that's more how I feel it's going to go. Uh, you you uh, Utah playing the San Diego State. Uh, you know, like I said, like you mentioned, this is a revenge game. I know there are many. Players on the team who are who have had this game circled because you know they feel like they didn't play to their best potential. I know the coaches feel that way as well. So I went with forty-five twenty. Uh, you know, okay, pretty similar to how you actually predicted quite a few points, but um, I think Utah puts them away pretty early. I want to say mid third quarter at the very latest, and then you know maybe they score some extra points in garbage time. Is really. You know how I think this is going to go. Uh, then in week four, Utah starts Pac-12 play uh, with going into Arizona State. Now, normally this game would make me pretty nervous because Arizona State, you know, they can be they're you know usually pretty good at you know especially in the beginning of the year, but um, this year I don't think so. You know, I, I haven't been impressed with them. They lost. They have lost a lot of their highest talent to the transfer portal, you know, covered in scandals. I think this is not their year. And so, again, I think Utah walked away with a pretty good win, pretty solid win. 35-17 is what I predicted. And as I kind of was mentioning beforehand, you know, Southern Utah, San Diego State, Arizona State, this is a really great stretch for Utah. This is our, in my opinion, this is our easiest stretch of the entire season. You know, uh, and what and it's the perfect time, you know, to recover from a loss, really kind of fine tune and improve yourselves before you get to, you know, what is going to be your hardest stretch in, you know, in the, in the season, which comes just after week four. So, like I said, very excited for these games, uh, you know, kind of working out the kinks. And finally, for BYU, I think, yeah, you should beat this team, but I am going to put a trap, a trap game warning. On this game, I think it. So if you know theoretically BYU comes in three and zero, and they look at this Wyoming team, yeah, I think this might be a game that you know the Cougars overlook. And I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying they could. And it's not like Wyoming doesn't have any talent. I know their run game has been above average this year. They have one running back that I'm. I saw his stats, and I was actually pretty blown away by him. I don't have him on hand though. Uh, but so just putting a trap game warning, you know, as long as, long as you take them seriously and you, and you know, you pre- you plan properly for them, you should handle them easily. But if you overlook them, this team might, you know, Wyoming might surprise you. And I'm going to save my trap game, I think, for later in the season. Oh, do we only get one? Do we only get one? Yeah, only one. Oh, only one. Only Jake. one trap game? Ah, oh, dang. Only one trap game. I didn't game. know that. Ah, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Oh uh, well, I guess I've used it now. <laughs> You've used it. It's it's over. Yep, it's over. I can't use it again. All right. Well, dang <laughs> it. I didn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> we should I think I 
next week we will look back on our on our previous predictions and we'll kind of we'll give give a grade like an overall if if we were close you know we'll we'll be like uh it'll be a win if we're way off it'll be an l and we'll have a win loss record for our oh uh, we are for okay our scores okay yeah we weren't prepared to do that i'm throwing this at jake i mean i have totally them all saved so don't worry i mean out of the wind yeah. but okay yeah well, i think it would be good to go back and and keep keep a win loss total for our predictions i think that'd be fun <laughs> okay sure why not so i that's that's it from us guys um thanks for listening i we're super super pumped to have um football back to be doing this uh consistently oh, yeah and, it's just a heckin' lot of fun. And once again, if you have anything you want to say to us or suggest that we talk about or have a question that's just kind of fun, feel free to, to go to our YouTube channel and leave the comments there. Yep, and we will do our best to respond yep. in our podcasts. And and we think it'd be fun to, to pick out what you guys want us to talk about. So yeah. thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you in a couple weeks with hopefully a few more dubs for both teams. Yep. Thank you. Go See Utes. You guys. Go Cougs. Thank you for listening to this State of Sports Utah production. SFX technical support provided by Samantha Knight.